Am I still to create the perfect system? Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we feel where we discuss movies that we feel are underrated, underappreciated, or ones that have just slipped on the radar and passed most people by. We're a collaboration of friends. My name is Ariel Ortiz, and to, and I'm joined, of course, as always, by Alan Torres and Derek McDuff. Hey. Hey. Hey, what's up, everybody? And today we are going to be talking about, as part of our Summer of Sequels series, um, Tron Legacy, uh, the sequel to the 1982 cult classic Tron. Um, this film brings back two of the main actors from the first one in the forms of Jeff Bridges and Bruce Bot, um, Littner, as well as add new characters of Garrett Hundlin and Olivia Wilde. Um, with incredible development on the practical effects that the first one was praised for, um, along with the now very iconic soundtrack by Daft Punk. Um, this film, to me, represents the perfect sequel, and but also wrongfully underrated. Um, it has a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes by critics and a 6.8 on IMDb, which it shares with its predecessor. Same score. So with that, I mean, I think I we we discussed this movie before. I mean, just in you know amongst ourselves and how much we like it. So so let's get into it. Yeah, you know, I I really do like Tron Legacy. You know, uh, like it's one of those. It feels like a kind of a big swing type movie, even though it is a sequel um, to you know this kind of beloved cult classic. It is just like this big weird world-building movie with all these crazy effects and man i'm like that is something like the effects are incredible um and it does build on the first one through those effects um you know the first one is was revolutionary for its effects but uh something that i felt like this one brought to the table that tron one didn't really bring is that it does have a lot of like kind of elements about philosophy and religion and like, you know, what does stuff mean? And that the Tron one was just kind of like a fun, cheesy 80s movie that kind of became a cult hit because it's kind of like, whoa, computers are crazy. And this one, it really took a lot of those core elements and built on them in a way to like kind of make a more interesting story with more compelling characters and a much richer story world. Um, and it is because we were the last movie we talked about for the first one for our sequel movie, we talked about. Um, Scream, which is, you know, a very direct sequel. Um, you know, it's came out like it, Scream 2, thank you, yeah. W- and this came out, you know, that came out a year after the first Scream, and it was very much just a direct follow-up, where this one is, you know, it's one of those long-awaited sequels, so this is kind of the opposite. Like, those movies that, you know, like, Tron is, like, you know, such a cult hit, and for years and years there's rumors like, oh, there's gonna be a sequel, there's gonna, and almost three decades later, was, I think it was 28 years since the release of the first Tron, we finally got a follow-up, and it's one of those movies where it's like, if you have seen the first Tron, it is very rewarding because there's a lot of things in it, like, oh, you know, like, stuff like references, like, oh, end of line, or like how, you know, you see Jeff Rich's characters evolve, like, he was, his character in the first one, maybe kind of not the best dude, and that's kind of reflected in, mm-hmm. yeah, and him being kind of a villain in this movie, like, he's kind of just like a corporate, like, 
oh, I gotta get my royalties. And and you know, over the years, he's kind of like become like a like Zen Buddhist kind of like Big Lebowski s figure. Mm-hmm. And you know, his former self is literally the villain in this. Um, so you do get rewarded for having that knowledge, but it's also a sequel where it is you can kind of just go in cold. You can you don't have to have seen the first Tron. You can just go in and watch this movie, and you'll get the gist. You'll understand like you know story beats that happened in that first movie don't really matter. Um, but you, you, and you know, the things that do matter are kind of, you know, told to you. Um, but not in like a way where it does feel like it's taken anything away from the movie. So it, it does feel like a great kind of, um, soft reboot type long gestated, um, sequel because honestly, like these long, like the, the, when you have a gap this big between sequels, it's really fucking hard to pull off a movie that does feel like it belongs because a lot of, you know, actors might've moved on or, you know, writers, directors, a lot of the writers and directors were new. It was um, um, Adam Kitsis or Adam Horwitz and Edward Kitsis, who, um, you know, I, you know, they, well, they did Once Upon a Time. They were writers for Lost. So, you know, I obviously have a lot of respect for them. Um, and they, you know, kind of respected the classic. And so, but a lot of things like this can go wrong, you know, and even if it is an okay movie, the expectations with these films are often so high that it can torpedo a movie um, you know, something like Indiana Jones 4, which came out, I want to say, 19 years after. Yeah, 19, because I was, it was, uh, 3 came out when I was, like, a couple of months before I was born. And then 4 came out when I was a college freshman. Um, so, you know, and that's a movie that I feel like is fine. But, like, there was no way that it was going to be, it was, it's way worse than the first three. It's never going to live up to those expectations. And I think that's what really hurt this movie a lot, too, is that, like, it is this cult classic. And no matter what you're going to do, you're never going to, you know, these people who have been these hardcore Tron fans since the 80s and, you know, all the critics are like, it's not the same, you know. And other than, like, a Mad Max Fury Road, um, it's really hard to, you know, grab both the critics and do well financially. There's another movie we'll be talking about later on this series that did well critically, but, you know, a long gestating sequel that did really bad at the box office and this one did okay the box office it did it made its money back to the point where tron 3 has been on and off again multiple times throughout over the years it's back on right now so that's good but yeah really cool and holy shit like this movie like other than maybe jeff bridges de-aging um in a couple parts but this was like the first time that was done it holds up really well like mm-hmm. all the effects all the like battles and the light cycles and everything incredible like i was watching it on my tv last night i was like wow this is so crisp and good looking just it like i i love it one of the best effects like very because it's very very effects heavy like i think it only had a like a week or maybe even less of shooting because it was almost all done in post but holy shit it does it look incredible and i gotta say this was also when i saw it originally in theaters it is the 3d movie I'm not always the biggest 3D fan, and it was also in that post-Avatar boom of, like, let's fucking make everything 3D. Because Avatar, like, made all the money, and they're like, okay, well, let's just make all the movies in 3D. And a lot of them didn't need to be in 3D. Like, I remember, like, the last two Harry Potter movies got post, after they were shot, got converted into 3D. The the, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 4 was another one where it just looked god-awful in 3D, and there was no reason for it to be in 3D. But this one, you're like, yeah, I, I get it. This movie is should be, it was shot this way. It needs to be made this way. And, you know, as cool as it is to, you know, I've watched it a bunch of times, at, you know, over the years on, you know, my home screen. But, like, 
those because I saw it a couple times in theaters actually, and watching it just on that big screen in 3D was an experience. This is one of those kind of big event movies that you you know see on the sc- screen in 3D is just kind of like nothing else. I think for me, I think it actually captured the same kind of thing uh, that the first one did. I think that it essentially is what, and that's why even hardcore Tron fans love it so much too, is that like um, it captured what, you know, what they were, you know, saw when they saw the first Tron movie, you know, of, of that high techness and stuff like that. But because we're in a new age, that high techness is brought to another level. And, um, so for me, I mean, I, I've been like, while I was watching this, I was reading through like, you know, the IMDb reviews and stuff like that. It's just like so many, I, so I don't know who, where these bombs are coming from, but like the ones that I was like flipping through, it was like so many of nines, tens, like just eights and all this stuff of beautiful graphics and and not not just that but also the story and like how much of a deeper story it is compared to especially compared to the first one you know the first one is very much like i would Mm. say like an equivalent of a a a generic like video game kind of movie movie you do get kind of like the little sense of that of that philosophy with, you know, the the introduction of the users and the programs and Tron feeling like, you know, that, that de- like, essentially like a job, Job kind of character of, like, a, de- you know, a complete, um, utter devotion to the users and stuff like that. But then this one kind of takes it into a different span of, like, you know, kind of, like, of, of know kind of turning your of like are what are the users are the users you know like gods these these programs or or not or you know like of course they're not like that's what flynn kind of represents at the end when he talks to clue you know of like i am not perfect and that's wrong that i told you to create the perfect world because the perfect world doesn't exist like there's it's you know it's beauty in of the world is in its flaws and stuff like that and so like and then especially seeing like you know the prosperousness of the grid but you know all their the prosperous is like corrupted in a way you know like of 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 everybody wanting especially with um what's his name's character uh oh, i always forget his name from from um good omens and Oh, we're talking about a Michael Sheen Zeus. Michael Sheen's, yeah, Zeus, like that character it's kind of thing. Eating the scenery. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like I, I like as much as Tron, the first Tron was like very much an inspiration to pop culture in general. I feel like this kind of like is actually like I don't know um if but. Like I, 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 because I like go to Disneyland and stuff like that. There's like a secret group called, um, well, like kind of secret group called, um, Mouse for Lifers, and and they were created because of this thing at at California Adventure called Electronica. That they just became friends because Electronica. they just, yeah. And they became friends because this of just because that experience of the, this electronica and just and so it brought them together and then they created like okay we want to share like this community with with all all these other like Disney and Tron and just pop culture buffs buffs so that kind of like spun and and it's just like yeah like it's that I feel like the Tron um 
you know, property in general just represents like the true nature of, of pop culture in a way, you know, of, of like taking something that, yes, it doesn't, like at least the first one, yes, it doesn't have like the, you know, the, it's not an Oscar worthy movie and, and stuff, but it, 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 um, it has a heart. And, and I think that this, that Tron legacy just like makes that heart grow a lot bigger. I mean, just like, I was telling, like, just the characters, so well written and you understand where they're coming from and and it's there's no like bs in their interactions especially between between um kevin kevin flynn and and sam flynn like i i told you guys like in in the message yesterday when i was watching i'm like kevin flynn is essentially what luke skywalker should have been in in um the last jedi you know he he has kind of like lost hope in in his role in this world and stuff like that and he's like scared there's a fear in him but but when the time comes and he's like challenged by sam by sam saying you know like this is what we we need to do it this is what's right to fight and stuff like that he does come to that realization he does accept and he gets you know he does it for sam he does it for the say you know for the pros you know for the grid you know for the thing that he built um and so for me i just like loved i i love this movie like especially rewatching it um last night i was just like how how much i i, I love these characters and and just you know immediately connecting with them like from the beginning, like you, Sam, like you understand from right from the beginning that, and and I, it was very much a refreshing thing to see that character of Sam not really holding grudges. You know, he he's hurt, but he's not like acting out on that. You know, he's still a really good person, and he's like, um, still like you, know, he missed his father. He's, but once his father, like he says, like he, I couldn't, I wanted to get back to, but and I made a mistake of waiting so long, like for the. To, cutting it close for the portal and stuff like that um but he still understands like he did want to come back to him like it wasn't like he chose uh, you know the grid over him and stuff like that because in his mind didn't think that there was like he could do both you know kind of thing and, and stuff like yeah yeah definitely oh and then also i think i think while it wasn't the intention i think that that having clue is like that that kind of de-aging thing kind of added to the to the whole aspect and and of the of the difference between Kev, you know Flynn himself and Clue of yeah. that you know artificialness and stuff like that. I think it kind of ended up in the end adding to it like I, while it was unintentional. I do, yeah, I do because like in the beginning scene when it's like actual Kevin Flynn back in the past, I'm like, ooh, this is a little rough, you know, like. But then when it's in the digital world, I'm like, okay, like this actually works and makes sense. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it, it is a little bit uncanny valley, but since, you know, he is a digital recreation of him, it actually works in the movie's benefit. I agree with that. Like, I, like, I know everybody was just like, oh, you got the age and it looks weird and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but they're in a fucking digital world, you know, like Digimon, like who fucking cares? Like they're digital like what, what do you expect someone's gonna look like flesh still look better than the irish I, I don't know I always, I, <laughs> yeah like like i always thought like if i were gonna be thrown into a computer i was gonna expect like on characters from like virtual fighter and shit from way back in the day or like tekken 
but like I, I remember I know you guys are saying you guys saw a lot of like nines and tens uh when the movie came out. I heard a lot of complaints, which was shocking to me because I fucking love this movie and the whole all of the, the, the digital the, the grid pretty much my aesthetic. Outrun and Synthwave and Vaporwave, all that stuff. So like I know you guys talk about the characters and the story, but for me, I was like, I just want to live there. Like, I love the neon lights and fucking Daft Punk's at, like, at a bar. <laughs> That's perfect living. If I could just live in a digital world where everything's neon and I can go to a fucking club and, and Daft Punk is there and I can drink, perfect. It's a perfect movie. It's great. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to say, but, but you know, um, other than the... Uh, you know, joking aside, like, yeah, I was really shocked. Like that, this movie didn't do. It did well. It didn't like you said. It made its money, but I'm like, dude, how was this not like the next Pirates of the Caribbean? It's stunning. Yeah. Like I know you guys it, are talking it about. Did, uh, it, yeah, it did okay, but it did underperform expectations. You know, man, is this movie fucking gorgeous to look at? Like, like I know, you know, I know. We usually talk about the story and everything like that, but like sometimes, like just like the the, the Akira podcast we did as well, I just fucking love looking at it, stunning and gorgeous. The whole world is, even though it's like dark and neon. I'm like, dude, this is badass. Like, how do you not just like go smoke a fucking bowl and go watch this movie and just sit there and just like, like when they're doing the uh, the the races and and all that with the motorcycles, the the light bikes, and then just like the battles and like even the discs are like almost like lightsabers esque. I'm like, dude, this movie is just to look at. Mm. Still shocks me about it, and that's what I feel as as well. Is that it's underrated as well, and, and like the electronica thing as well. I, I went to Disneyland around that time as well, and I was like. Why isn't this blowing up, man? We live in a digital yeah. age. Like, it had I'm just like so the, like it had the oh, actual ahead, Flynn arcade. I missed that like so fucking incredible much. That mm-hmm. was so cool. Like, I remember when I I didn't know it was there, and I saw it. I was like, "What the fuck? I have to go in here." And I just it was like, it was so cool. It was like the cool, and now it's like replaced it with something else. And I was just so pissed because. God, it was like you were like in a you were stepping into the movie when you got to be like in Flynn's like and it's so cool when he goes into that and you know because the beginning of the movie is kind of a slow build up and you know it has the 80s music so it kind of gets you in the vibe and then boom you're in the grid and like Alan like you said it is just like this visually just like insanely beautiful world like it, it, it you know it does that same kind of thing that I love about the big swing movies where it is just like like not movies don't look like this not very few movies look like this Tron has such a great specific aesthetic and i feel like honestly the aesthetic for this movie is kind of like replaced a lot of people even the aesthetic for the older tron like people you know when you think of tron you think of like the look of this movie because it's so sleek and clean and cool looking and you know i'm you know there's that ride i think it's in shanghai disneyland that's like a tron roller coaster and it looks like and a- it's coming to to epcot is it oh oh to epcot ah but it like looks like the fucking okay, coolest thing and i would die to have that at like you know like California Adventure or something or you know Disneyland but you know but it, yeah I just I really really love the whole aesthetic and like you said you know Daft Punk being like there and you know doing all the music and stuff and just it just it, it is really just a you you know I, I do have an appreciation for just beautiful movies because you know I, like as you know if, movies are our visual medium so you 
you know, like yeah, otherwise exactly. you can like read a book or something, you know, like which is great. But you know, if you you want to uh, your movie to stand apart, you know, having these cool visuals and they're not it's not like they're just there for whatever reason they're there to support the story like it all works out really well and it it's a whole package this movie definitely did i i completely agree like like sometimes a bit of a guy a bit of like a cgi kind of like i don't like it i don't like it in my movies but when it's done right i'm like oh fuck yeah dude take me there like this movie CGI wise was done so well. Like, the, like I said, the light bikes kind of like whole battles and all that, and like the discs. Like, dude, it's just so cool. Like, I'm just like, how did this not capture so many people's imagination? Where you just go, yeah, I want like more. Like, I know they made that Tron series it was Tron Uprising. Yeah, which, Tron Uprising, which I, in my opinion, is very underrated as well. It only went two seasons and just like. Had um brought back Bruce bought bought Littner, um, but also um Eli um Elijah Wood um as the main character, and it takes place I think technically after Legacy, and it's actually a really good, really good series. I thought it was I thought it was like a bet- before Legacy. I thought it was like a between mm-hmm. Tron. Might, have, like might a, be. I don't know. I, I haven't seen Tron, it, but Tron's like beat up and hurt in that. So I think okay. it might be in between, but before he becomes wrestler, it's something I've I've kind of always meant to check out, and I've just never gotten mm-hmm. around to it. Like now that you know it's on <laughs> Disney Plus, I, I I think it's still on Disney Plus. They took off Legacy for some reason. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and also we should mention you know because we talked about you know how impressive like you know the visuals are and everything, um, and the the soundtrack. We also got the sound design in this movie is phenomenal like you know just the way like you know programs will be talking and some of them sound like a little more electronic or something like that and even little stuff like there's a wilhelm scream in this movie but it's like it sounds very like digitized it's like ah, you know it's it's all these little things like this that it just the sound and like the sounds that things will make when like they turn on and it'll just it's it's so cool and it just you know once again very unique and it does sound like what you like. Oh yeah, if you were in a like computer game program thing and you were like flying around these ships and they were shooting lasers, this is what they would sound like. Really, really well done. Just every technical aspect, not just visually, but as far as sound goes and as far yes, as I, editing. I, yeah, go ahead, Alan. I, I agree. With, I agree so much with the editing because or the sound editing because like when they when they like they take off the discs and then they kind of like brandish it the same effect as like a lightsaber like it goes off and when they like just activate it it makes that noise it's so fucking cool like i'm just like oh i can believe that's a weapon just like a lightsaber you're like get cut by a a disc or a lightsaber i'm like no fuck that like it's really badass near me kind of thing but also to kind of going back to the whole story thing what I, i really love though sometimes with sequels a way that you know sometimes they come out a little too far apart like this one what what i really appreciate is when the writers go out of the way to be like okay dude the first one came out back in like the year 156 bc or whatever but they're able to like kind of start this start the story in a way where you you understand the world like they introduce it where you feel like you're like i'm okay i i, I don't think i missed out yeah, you can go watch the first one and then watch this one. And you're gonna 
flying kind of weird uh like the planes or whatever like the the train with the big old kind of like uh solar sailor like wings thank you and then like easter egg there's a big secret mickey in the first tron where they write it it's right below it's pretty obvious now with our television but back then apparently it was hard to see but yeah now like with that and then the tron cycles and and the discs like i feel like they're able to introduce it to new viewers to be like oh i get that okay that's a weapon that's this that's this and even with the story where you're like they were able to just answer a lot of things where like if a new viewer were were to come in and they're like i haven't seen the first one because it came out fucking forever ago you're kind of still like oh i get it i know what's going on because i went with a bunch of people uh the midnight showing and people were kind of like oh dude i haven't seen the first one so i feel like i'm gonna miss out and when they walked out they're like dude that's awesome like i want to see more like this world's really fucking cool and like nobody i never heard anyone complain that they were like oh i feel like i'm missing something like that's what something I really appreciate about this film is that even if you show it to somebody who hasn't seen the first one, they're like, "Oh, I get it. I understand it." It's like, it, obviously, like you know, you show somebody fucking Friday the Thirteenth. Jason goes to Manhattan. They're like, "What the fuck is going on?" All I know is like, there's a fucking hockey guy killing people. Yeah, it's a horror movie. That's what you gotta assume. But with this one, at least it's exp- it's explained in a way where you're like. I feel caught up. All right, cool. I'm in it. I'm in this. Visuals and fucking Daft Punk themselves really bring you in. Yeah, I'm about it. That, that's. I think that's one of my favorite things about this movie, and what I really think is very underrated is that, um, like you said, with uh, Fury, the Fury, Fury Rosa, Fury Road, Furiosa, Furiosa Road, because it's Furiosa Road. Come on, yeah, it, it's essentially her movie, but you turned the movie. But um, it's like like same thing with that. Like you're kind of like, all right, I'm caught up. I feel like I'm good. I don't I don't need to worry about the old one. And if I want to go watch the old one, I'll go watch the old one. Which I hope inspired people to go watch it. But I, mean, I feel that's like what that's I did. Very that's what I did. Didn't. <laughs> I I I did my homework. I watched the first one, and then I went to go see it. But I'm not gonna lie. I I was like, all right, it really looks badass, and it has Daft Punk. All right, let me watch the first one. And then I, I really like the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say Kingdom Hearts got me introduced to Tron huh. game because yeah. you got to visit you got to visit the grid. So I was like, oh, okay. Doing this, and then they're like Death Punks in the movie. I was like, all right, I gotta go watch Tron and then I gotta go watch <laughs> Tron Legacy. But but yeah, with sequels, I mean this this the whole theme is that I really love when sequels are able to be like, okay, dude, I get it. You might not be able to do the homework, but at least try and help you on the way. And when it's written a certain way, just like this movie was, where there's adventure, there's action, gorgeous visual effects, in it for the ride, I love that. Like it's just so much fun. Where I'm like, okay, cool, I'm I'm happy. Like that. That's what's so shocking to me that have a massive Tron franchise. But yeah, yeah, no, because it it does, you know does really walk the line really masterfully of like okay like you haven't seen the first tron you'll still get it but it does still feel like the first tron mattered it's not like okay like you know like a like a final destination movie where it's like okay well everybody who was in the the other one they just died between you know sequels or whatever you know like the alien movie like the recent alien movies are like yeah the character from 
the Prometheus. She just died off screen somewhere, so it doesn't even matter. So you could just watch this movie. And, you know, so that is always kind of like a problem with, you know, sequels is like, do we make people reliant on the first one or do we try to give them something new? And this one manages to do both, which is, you know, there are a lot of just kind of like these soft reboots coming back recently. Um, there's like a lot of stuff from the 80s being revived and stuff. You know, obviously we're going to get an Indiana Jones 5 coming up. And um, so it is a hard line to walk. And I, I, but I do really like when something, instead of just being rebooted and being like, guess what? All those other Halloween movies doesn't matter. Like, they, you watched them, you loved them, too bad for you, they're gone. This one is like, yeah, it happened, it mattered. You don't have to know what's happened to go in, but you can still enjoy it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm really hoping that, because that's what I really loved also about this one, is that it continues on the Flynn in a storyline. You know, this is Sam Flynn's, you know. Um, Kevin Flynn's son, and I'm really worried about, like, they haven't, like, with whatever developments that have been happening with the third one, they haven't really mentioned a Flynn in it, you know? Um, so, I am really hoping, especially with, like, kind of, like, it was open-ended enough of a of an ending, and, and or closed enough for an ending of, like, okay, he's gonna take, um, Korra, and, and like, essentially they're gonna live, and she has the potential to help the world and um but yeah i mean but i really do hope that the the story kind of continues but i like yeah i guess like have that kind of like you don't need to i don't know i mean i i think you should watch this movie um beforehand of anything but but yeah like i do hope that it does tie in they do do it eventually they it does tie into the last two yeah yeah for sure um yeah, and you know, like it is a movie where I, when we we've been watching all these sequels, I have you know, like we talked about Scream last time and how I watched the first two Scream movies for this, and I'm probably gonna for all the movies we've got, watch try to watch, um, you know, the prior movies, maybe one or two exceptions, um, and I am glad that I did go back and rewatch the first Tron before I watched this the new one, um, to kind of talk about this podcast because it, it does give you a richer experience um I don't, do you guys would you guys recommend both tron movies or yeah i would recommend the first one just because of how you know it was a groundbreaking movie of its time don't go and watch it thinking that it's gonna be you know like by any standards of, of modern day um cinema but i mean it is a bit more of a simpler story it's um, kind of like a, almost like a star wars knockoff a little bit the first one it's like what if star wars was video games i feel like um, maybe because, like, I mean, I don't feel like Flynn in that one is, is like a Luke Skywalker character. Um, I feel maybe he's a bit more like a Han Solo kind of being brought in into yeah. the midst of a, of a, of a Star Wars story in Tron. Tron is, is the a, Luke and he's the, he's the, the Luke, kind of Han yeah. Solo, yeah. Yeah, in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, like, I, I, that, that there is, like, a pretty good, like, basis of a story. Um, in that, and where where Tron Legacy kind of definitely builds on and just like shoots into the stratosphere of of a story, but but yeah, the first one is definitely a classic. Um, and just seeing that, like you know, it's a very much a, a moment in cinematic history. I think, in my opinion, yeah. I would say it's a mixture of both for me because. It, it it depends on how you feel as a as like a movie watcher because casual and you're like oh, I just kind of want to watch it. I have to watch the first one, 
But if you're kind of like a completionist where you're like, okay, I need to see the first one. ahead Because I won't lie, Tron himself, the character, is kind of in the backseat in, in, in this movie. Like, he's really not the focal point at all. And even in the original one, it was about uh-huh. Flynn. Mm-hmm. It's very like, much Tron's an Akira kind of, kind of thing. There. Exactly. It's, it's very much that because walked out of the out of a legacy people were kind of like flynn was tron or they're like or i thought sam was tron like like oh, it was rinsler and they're like oh okay so that's the only gripe i will I, i'll say about legacy is that tron is definitely in the backseat i know there's a whole sequence he has Tron and Clue, and they're they're building the grid like they're upgrading it and everything. But I will say, you can watch it casually. But if you do have, if you feel like, or I'd say watch the first one. So it's really up to you. If you're like, I just want to casually watch it, watch Legacy. But if you're like, I kind of want more of the lore, then watch the first one as well, like a twofer. Yeah, because the first one's good. It doesn't really hold up so much. Like, this one has, I felt, like, aged well over the past ten years. Tron is like, okay, like, this is a cool relic of the past. You know, if you want to kind of see, like, oh, yeah, like, this is where a lot of this stuff came from. Like, you know, this is kind of, like, you know, where a lot of, like, like that's kind of, like, the origins of, like, Pixar and stuff like that. Like, they worked on that movie and just kind of seeing how computer animation, like, what it's come from and like you know cg has come from that it's kind of a cool experience to watch it from that angle i think for sure yeah for the more large person tron tron is the software that that is mentioned like it's kind of like yeah like an akira kind of thing where tron is mentioned throughout the the movie and that's why it's named tron not so much about the tron the character but because like tron is what he's going to that's his program that when Created and or no, um, Spotner's character created to kind of like Brady. Alan, Alan Brady's yeah character, um, and that that's like supposed to like help you know Encom and stuff like that, and like it's getting buried because it would cost Encom money, but that's the whole thing of that. it's it's but, like uh it's like you know guys, what if Zelda was a girl? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> It really is one of those things, yeah, definitely. I, I I'd say yeah, just both. Fuck it. If, if this is if, if we're you know the summer sequels, you know, just like with Scream Two, the previous episode, watch the first two. This one as well. Watch the first, watch Tron and then Tron Legacy. Just you know, why not? It's summer. You're gonna have more free time. Fuck it. Make a night out of it. Watch watch uh, the duology, I guess, of Tron. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, um, I guess we could wrap things up. Um, we're just saying I'm definitely <laughs> recommending this. Like, I, if you didn't catch that from everything else that we've been talking about, um, but of course, like, like always, we are the Undercast Company. Um, we do have a few other podcasts that that we do do. Um, I do. I host a um, a podcast called You've Never Seen, which is considered, of which we discuss movies that are considered a part of cinematic history or pop culture history. And whether it's me or my, my ho, my, um, guests, um, we, 
uh, one of us has never seen it, and so we discussed the movie after that first viewing of, of this iconic movie. And then um, Derek has one called Gateway Episodes, which is finishing up its first season, and um, that one is pretty kind of similar where he takes um, him or his guest watching a episode of television that's considered a gateway episode into that television series and um, make, seeing if they will step through the gateway um, for that for that series. I think I would like to thank everybody um, and please hit that subscribe button on your podcasting app to make sure that you are always notified when we um, post a new episode of the show and to continue to hear us babble. And um, we really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review on whichever podcasting app or website you listen to us. Um, It really helps us out and um, we'd like to hear what you think about us, about this podcast. And um, so with that, thanks as always. And thanks for being amazing. I'll see you guys in another life. Take it easy. Take it easy, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much. Biodigital jazz, man.